This Faith and Finance podcast is underwritten in part by Christian Credit Counselors. If you're struggling with credit card debt but don't know where to start, our trusted partner, Christian Credit Counselors, offers a debt management program that can get you out of credit card debt 80% faster while honoring your debt in full. Contact them to get out of debt today at ChristianCreditCounselors.org. If you're carrying a balance on a credit card, do you know how much you're paying in interest? Here's a hint. It's a lot more than last year. Hi, I'm Rob West. The Federal Reserve's effort to curb inflation by raising interest rates is hitting credit card holders in a big way. I'll talk with Neely Simon today about how you can fight back. Then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Neely Simon is our guest today. She's a certified credit counselor with Christian Credit Counselors, an underwriter of this program. And Neely, great to have you back with us again. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Rob. Neely, I know so many people are carrying a credit card balance these days, and they are really feeling the effects of the Fed constantly pushing up interest rates. How has that affected credit card interest rates in particular? Yeah, it's increased them significantly. The average APR for all credit card accounts in the first quarter of 2023 was just over 20%. That's a four-point increase in the last six months. That's the biggest increase since the Fed began tracking credit card interest rates nearly 30 years ago. So given the current economic outlook and interest rate environment, it's more important than ever to save money by paying down high interest debt. There is no question about that. So how should folks carrying a balance on their card, Neely, or cards, I should say, in many cases, how do they get started? Yeah, you want to get informed. Look at your monthly statements and find out what your current interest rates are. Many people are not aware of the increases because they have their accounts on auto pay or are no longer receiving monthly statements. Then you want to make a budget. Determine how much disposable income your family has. You have to spend less than you make and be intentional with your spending. The more extras you cut out, the more you have to pay down your credit card balances. Keep in mind, too, you have a better chance of doing this if you get everyone in your family involved. Open up the communication lines, set family goals, and work together to achieve them. Mm, Yeah, that's a great idea. Now, of course, sometimes the amount of credit card debt is just too much and folks need additional help. So, Neely, how do folks know if they need to contact you? What are the signs that their credit card debt might be out of control? Yeah, an obvious sign is if you're having trouble making your minimum payments or maybe you can't seem to pay down the balances. Another sign might be that you can't seem to resist using the cards because you're overextended and having to use the cards for basics. The key is to break the cycle of making payments with little or no progress. Yeah, that's exactly right. And of course, that's where Christian Credit Counselors comes in. So tell our listeners what happens when someone contacts you. Yeah, so we offer a free consultation that consists of providing people with a comparison estimate, which is going to outline all the benefits, the new APR, the cost savings, interest savings, 
estimated time to repay, and what our monthly service fee is. We then walk you through a budget and help you understand what your disposable income is. We then send you all the information and allow you to think about the program. So the important thing to remember is there's no commitment. The call's confidential. We really just want to educate you on your options. Because through our debt management program, you can pay back your debt the right way. You honor your debt in full, get lower interest rates that are fixed and vary between 1% and 12%. The debt is snowballed, and the result is you will pay off your debt 80% faster. Mm, and let me just underscore that, folks. This is my preferred way for you to get out of credit card debt once and for all. You're going to get on a budget. You're going to work with people that share your values at Christian Credit Counselors. But the big idea here is that you're going to get out of debt through this lower interest rate and with this level payment on average 80% faster. You're not taking out a new loan. You're not trying to settle the debt by charge-offs and becoming late on it and trying to negotiate to pay off. You're staying with your original creditor, but with a lower interest rate where you're paying through Christian credit counselors. This is absolutely the way to go. And Neely, how can folks get more information? Sure. You can visit our website at christiancreditcounselors.org or call 800-557-1985. We'd love to talk to you. Awesome. Neely, thanks for stopping by. Thank you so much. That address again is christiancreditcounselors.org. Neely Simon has been my guest today, and we'd love for you to contact them today if you need help getting out of debt once and for all. Your calls are next, 800-525-7000. Stay with us. What's most important to you when it comes to choosing your financial advisor? Someone who's aligned with your biblical values? How about someone who will take the time to explain your options? Certified Kingdom Advisors are professionals who meet high standards in competence and integrity and have been trained to offer biblical financial advice. To find a Certified Kingdom Advisor in your area, visit faithfi.com and click Find a CKA. What if buying groceries, gas, or dining out could help change lives? With Christian Community Credit Union's Cards That Give to Missions, you can help spread the gospel, combat human trafficking, and protect vulnerable children with every purchase at no cost to you. Apply for your card today. More information is available at joinchristiancommunity.com. That's joinchristiancommunity.com. The Credit Union is an underwriter of this ministry. Membership eligibility required. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. This is the program where the 2300 verses on money and possessions found in God's Word intersect with today's financial decisions and choices. The number to get in on the conversation, 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. Let's head to Chicago. Hi, June. You'll be our first caller. Go ahead. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, I listen to your program every day at my lunch hour. And um, a lot of what you say, I can't really apply because I don't have any kind of retirement fund or extra cash to invest. But uh, my biggest investment is my daughter, and she's nine. She just turned nine, and she wanted to find out how she can um, invest her first hundred dollars. I know it's not a lot of money, but um, you know you got to start them young, right? So, um, so yeah, I just want to instill some good financial habits. So when she's my age, she has more to work with. She wants to be a financial advisor when she's up. So, yeah. 
I love that. Well, I think you're a great to start early. I'm going to send you a book called a- The ABCs of Handling Money God's Way. It'll be our gift to you just as a way for you to begin to instill these financial principles that we talk about on this program because it's more than just financial literacy. Yeah, you need to teach her how to invest. I love that you're starting there. You need to teach her about the dangers of debt and at some point, what does it mean to have compound interest working for you and against you and how to build a budget and get on a spending plan. That'll come later. Right now, you can probably focus on give, save, spend, but you also need to focus on those biblical principles that you can model, starting with this idea that God owns it all and we're His money managers and that the Bible has a lot to say about the role of money uh, in our lives. Um, When it comes to investing, though, June, I think this is a great idea. Um, You know, one of the things that you may want to do um, you know, normally we would apply the principle from the Bible that we see in Ecclesiastes around diversification uh, to our investing and say we want to be investing in a wide range of investments so that we don't put all of our eggs in one basket. The challenge is uh, it's not going to teach her uh, as well as uh, perhaps investing in one or two companies that she knows and is excited about. Um, so what we may do to start with is for you to say to her, listen, Uh, stock ownership is company ownership. You can actually take this $100 and be a very small owner of an actual company, perhaps even uh, a company that you know and see and enjoy, and challenge her to think about what that company is. What's a company that's traded, that's publicly traded, so be a large national company that she does business with or she enjoys, maybe it's, you know, it could be any number of industries, and have her and you help her begin to select those two or three companies. And the really neat thing is that now through what's called fractional ownership, where she might even be, you know, own less than one share, maybe a small percentage of even one share of a company, she can actually go and buy those two or three companies. Maybe she puts $33 in one, 33 in another, and 33 in the last one. And then through like Robinhood or any number of, um, you know, discount brokers that offer fractional shares, she could actually purchase uh, those shares. And then what would be fun is she can actually watch those companies and keep up with them. They're obviously companies she's going to be, you know, not only invested in, but uh, with her finances, but personally, because she, you know, likes to frequent them with you. Um, And, you know, that might be a way for her to begin to learn about them. And then when she's ready, she could, you know, you could even take it a step further and have her look at, you know, all the news coming out on the company or maybe read a quarterly report or something like that. Um, That might be a fun way for you all to get started. Now, you need to start talking about this idea of diversification because as she gets older and has more money, she's certainly not going to want to have, you know, a third of her money in one particular company. Uh, that's just too much risk. But when we're talking about just getting started, it would be a fun way for her to start investing and maybe have a little bit more interest in it because she actually knows the company that she's buying and she would probably be excited about that. Does that make sense? Yeah, you know, I thought you were going to say CDs, so I think this is a way better way to get her involved in in the in the whole thing. So, yeah, yeah I like okay. this idea. 
Good. All right. So let's do this. We're going to do two things. One is I'm going to send you the ABCs of handling money God's way. So you stay on the line. We'll get that out to you. That's from Howard Dayton, our good friend. And uh, you can perhaps work through that book with her. And I think that will be fun and interesting for you to begin to teach some of these principles. But then you guys take that money and you know begin to, or you challenge her to think about what three companies she'd like to buy. And then you could open an account at Robinhood or one of the others that offers fractional shares and begin to make that purchase. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yep. Thank you. Good. You're welcome. You stay on the line, June. We'll get that information out to you, and we appreciate you listening to the program. God bless you. To Illinois. Hi, Rose. Thanks for calling. Go right ahead. Yes, this is Rose. Yeah, thank you so much, Rob, for picking my call. Um, sure. I had a question about uh, IUL, uh, Index yeah. Universal Life Insurance as a way of uh, investing and then also at the same time life insurance. What's your opinion about this? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's another form of whole life insurance where some of your cash value is placed in what are called sub-accounts that mirror a stock index. So you might think of the S&P 500. That would be one of these indexes, the 500 largest companies in the U.S. Uh, It's mixing insurance with investments, which is not our first choice. Um, Whole life insurance tends to be expensive. Um, You know, with this index, Universal Life, you get a portion of the upside on the investments in exchange for, you know, having oftentimes a floor on the downside, which is why they're often sold to people. And especially in times like this, where the market is more volatile that are saying, listen, I'm tired of seeing my account move up and down. I want to know that I have a floor. And what they may or may not realize you know, it's, I'm sure it's it's told to them, but they may not fully appreciate the implications. Um, they're giving up some of that upside potential. You, if the market's up, you know, 12%, you may only get nine, um, you know, in exchange for having that downside. Um, so what I would prefer to see someone do is buy term insurance to cover their life insurance needs uh, and get enough coverage to make sure they're truly offsetting that risk. So at a minimum, 10 to 12 times the income they're trying to uh, offset, uh, you know, so if someone were to pass away and other family members are depending on that income that's now gone, we need enough to basically, um, you know, fill the gap for that income that's gone away. And then on top of that, some folks will add paying off the mortgage, covering college education, uh, things like that. Uh, and the best way to buy that full coverage that you need on someone um, that, you know, has others depending upon their income uh, is to get term life insurance. It's the most cost effective. And then you take your investment dollars and you invest straight into the stock and bond market or whatever you're investing in. It might be real estate or precious metals or a combination of the four, but not try to mix insurance and investments into a complicated product that, again, doesn't give you the full upside, causes you to lose access to your money without surrender charges, has fees and expenses, uh, those types of things. So, you know, that's my general, you know, perspective on it. Um, is there never a place for it? No, I wouldn't say that. For some folks who are looking for guarantees and want to transfer the risk to the insurance company, sure, it can be an option. Or if you exhaust all of your other tax-deferred retirement options like IRAs and 401ks and, you know, you're behind and you've maxed all those out and you're trying to put away even more on a tax-deferred basis, an insurance product like this could be helpful. But for the vast majority of people, I'd rather you invest in an IRA or a 401k or both 
and, you know, get your life insurance taken care of with a term policy. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Thank you so much, Rob. All right. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. Hey, just after this break, we'll be back with a lot more of your calls and questions. Stay with us. This is Faith and Finance. God has entrusted his finances to you. And we at FaithFi have designed our FaithFi app to help you live, give, owe, and grow with that perspective. Our FaithFi app is the leading biblically-based finance app. You can manage your money, get top biblical financial resources, and interact with a community of like-minded believers, where you can ask questions, get answers, and share what you're learning. Go to faithfi.com and click the word app to get started. Are you struggling to fit your faith into your practice as a Christian financial advisor? The Certified Kingdom Advisor designation teaches you a step-by-step process to confidently deliver advice that aligns with Christian values. Discover the skills you need to help your clients make a kingdom impact. Get started today by enrolling in the CKA educational program at kingdomadvisors.com slash get certified. That's kingdomadvisors.com slash get certified. Great to have you with us today on Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. We're glad you're here today. Let's head right back to the phones to Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Hi, Michelle. Go ahead. Okay. Um, Mike, thank you for taking my call. Um, sure. I'm just asked, I am trying to figure out some things with my mother. She's 69 years old, so it wasn't something that I was expecting to go through now. She had a wreck in February, um, and she can no longer walk. So she is looking at long-term care um, because, you know, that's just where she's at. And we're looking to get her into uh, the long-term care, which means she's going to have to go on to Medicaid. And as we start looking at her finances, she doesn't own any property. The only property she owned was the car that she wrecked. And now um, she does have a whole life policy that has, about $3,500 in it. So the question is, can I go ahead and take that money out? Cause she, it's more than she's allowed to have on ten, Tennessee's 10 care Medicaid. Um, can I take that money out and prepay, you know, funeral services with that? Or what does that look like? And then um, what are the tax implications for her? Now it's only $3,500, but what does that do? Yeah. Um, so whole life uh, the policies are exempt, not counted for Medicaid's asset limit. However, I believe the cash value is considered an asset because you can access it. Um, so that that may be, is that what you're referring to, the, the cash value portion? It is. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, with, with that, just like any asset, uh, Medicaid is going to have a five-year look-back period. So they're going to scrutinize every transaction from your mother's accounts for the last 60 months. And if they find transactions that would reduce 
her assets to make her eligible for Medicaid, then they'll penalize her. Um, so, you know, I think there's not really a way around that, not that we should be looking for one, um, you know, just in terms of prepaying funeral arrangements, uh, you know, obviously, I can understand why you would want to do that. And you certainly could check with an elder care attorney or an estate planning attorney just on what your options are here, uh, given that she is going to be relying on Medicaid and you want to make sure that, you know, there is the the resources to have a proper burial. And given that the um, the cash value goes above that, uh, that could put you in a difficult spot. Um, but just bottom line is um, that five-year look back, I think, is going to you know, cause you some problems with what you're describing. There's really no assets. Um, the only thing that she has owned in the last five years is the car that she totaled and it was a 97 Buick. So, um, not much value in that. Um, and she doesn't own a home, so there, there's no assets to that. So, Sure, uh, sure. Okay. But obviously that threshold is pretty low given that it's, you know, $2,000 for an individual, um, in terms of that Medicaid asset limit. So, uh, as you said, this, this does go beyond that. So I'd, I'd probably talk to an elder care attorney just to see if you can, you know, there's any other ideas that they may have for how you navigate this. Um, but bottom line is I, I think you're going to be, uh, in a position where you do go above the limit and any spend down of that, uh, is going to be looked at retroactively for 60 months. So, uh, listen, all the best to you. I know these are difficult, uh, situations to navigate. I'm grateful that uh, you're walking alongside your mom in this. I hope she's doing better from that car accident. And I'm, I'm sure that's challenging. God bless you, Michelle. Thanks for being on the program, uh, to Naples. Hi, John. How can I help you? All right, thank you, Rob. I appreciate your 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 program and listening sure. every single day. Actually, uh, we are Canadians, you know, family of four, my wife and two boys. But actually, we are uh, because of work and actually committing uh, back and forth. So I would like to establish uh, a credit history here in order to buy probably a house in the near future. And uh, I would like to know if you can. Uh, what will be the best way? What will be? The, what do you think would be the best steps in order to create credit? I don't have any social security right now yet uh, uh, for uh, United States. I'm still Canadian. I got all my stuff in Canada. But the other day I went to ask about you know buying a house. You know, you don't have the social security. So I would like to you know just I uh, got a couple of accounts, uh, Bank of America. You know, a couple of accounts uh, savings. But uh, in order to establish a credit as a Canadian, what do you think? What could be, you know, uh, a, a good advice if I would like to create something around here in, in Florida? Yeah. And thank you. And, and you have a residence here, a U.S. mailing address? It, yes, yes, yes. Yes, okay. of course. And are you applying for a Social Security number? Yeah, that's in progress, but still okay. uh, could take longer. So yeah, actually, sure. yes, we are unrenting a place. Yeah. Uh, okay. Very good. Well, a couple of thoughts. Uh, you know, the easiest way to get started is to open a secured credit card. So you go to your bank or you could go to, a, you know, even an online bank. Uh, bankrate.com could tell you which 
banks have the best programs for secured credit cards, but essentially you'd put a certain amount on deposit, let's say three or four or $500, and then they issue a credit card against that with a limit of that amount that's on deposit. And then you'd put a recurring charge on that every month. It could be a very small monthly transaction. And then you'd pay it off on a timely basis. And as you make those on-time payments, you're going to slowly start to build credit. Uh, you could do that with a a bank issued credit card. You could also, um, you know, look at a, a department store credit card if you, you know, could get one. But the secured card will be easier to open with a lack of credit. And then you could also look at what's called a credit builder loan, where you essentially pay off the loan um, and and you pay interest to yourself. But the whole purpose of it, um, you know, is um, that you know, you would be building credit with it. So you could, you know, get online and just do a search for credit builder loan. And the combination of that credit builder loan plus that secured credit card, two different types of credit, uh, which are both, you know, factored in, the type of credit is factored into that score. And then that online, or excuse me, that on-time payment history that you're establishing as you make a charge against the secured credit card and as you pay yourself back with that credit builder loan every month, um, then the combination of those two should help you to begin to establish credit. And then at some point down the road, you know, you're maybe adding to that when you buy a house or a car or something like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Thank you so much for credit, credit build, builder loan, right? Yeah, credit, credit builder, builder loan. loan and then secured credit card. Uh, do a search for Credit Builder Loan to read about it, and then you can find the best place to get a secured credit card uh, when you head to bankrate.com. We appreciate you being on the program, John. All the best to you, and thank you for your uh, kind remarks about the program. Uh, Valerie and Janelle, I apologize we didn't get to you today. Our team can try to get your information. We'll see if we can get you on tomorrow. We're so thankful you were with us today. Well, folks, that's going to do it for us. Thank you to Amy and Tahira and Jim. Couldn't do it without them. Thank you to our crawl screeners as well. Hope you have a great rest of your day and come back and join us tomorrow. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.